0: But one of the things I want to do is I just want to reflect back over 2018 a little bit, and uh, then we're going to kind of press in. What is God leading us to vision-wise in 2019? Not only collectively as a church, but selectively as individuals, uh, kind of what it looks like and what it feels like. And so uh, I I want you to think about your journey over this past year. And reality is there's highs and there's lows. In our year, there's some pretty cool peaks, and there's some painful valleys that we've kind of walked through, and, uh, but what does it look like for you? For Barb and I, we started 2018, uh, January 8th, January 9th, we took off from Atlanta through uh, Newark, landed in Tel Aviv, and we spent about 10 days over in Israel. It was so cool, one of the photos you'll see is Barb and I are standing on the Mount of Olives, and we're looking down through the Kidron Valley, the Garden of Gethsemane is there, and it was so powerful because so much of my study over the years since coming to faith in Christ, and uh, just pondering what it would look like. John chapter 15, Jesus talks about, I am the vine, you are the branches, and that, that conversation was taking place right here, and I was like, man, what a highlight to be able to spend that, that week plus with my bride, where Jesus did so much of his public ministry, where he would eventually walk the Via Dolorosa, where he would go to the place of the skull and die a criminal's death. It's like, man, what a cool place. Another photo, Bart and I are on a mount where we're down by Tiberius, and uh, you can see the Sea of Galilee behind us. But we were able to enjoy three or four days in the Cana, Capernaum area, where Jesus did so much of his public ministry. And I was thinking about 2018, man, what a great way to start the year, uh, standing there. And behind us, uh, we would eventually catch a boat there in Tiberias, and we would take it over to Capernaum, and we would go uh, about an hour and a half on that boat ride, Dustin, I think you've been on it there, on the Sea of Galilee, but... It's 700 feet below sea level. It was bouncy and rocky that day. and You're just kind of contemplating where Jesus is walking on water, and he's telling Peter, come on out and, and hang with me and walk for a while. So much ministry took place there around the Sea of Galilee. The group uh, Hillsong, their song Oceans that they recorded in Israel was on the boat that we were on going across Galilee. We pulled it up, uh, Googled it, YouTubed it, or whatever. It's like, man, no way. This is such a cool place. So wh- how did your year start? What were some of the peaks and valleys there for you? It, it was, we were rolling into, into the year and got into the summer. And, uh, but back in like early spring, we were hanging out one day. Barb and I were hanging out with our friends Mac and Amy. And Mac was like, hey, uh, we're going to do this farewell tour, third day is. And I would love for you guys to, to be able to be with us that last concert we're going to do. I'm like, where are you going to do it? We're going to do it at Red Rocks out in uh, Colorado, but I would love for you and Barb to, to fly out and spend that last week with us. And so Mac did a thing called Mac in the Mountains up uh, just a little north of Estes Park at a ranch, Wind River Ranch. And uh, so we flew out there, and we spent the week with Mac and his wife Amy, and Mac and I kind of co-led devotionals and team talk on some stuff during that week, and... Uh, And then we went to Red Rocks, and it was so cool to sit underneath the canopy of stars and just looking at the beauty of the heavens and listening to my brother sing God of Wonders and who is this King of Glory, and to sit there and think, for the last 20 plus years I've done life with Mac. Mac asked me to mentor him, and he would name his son Cash Powell. We would name our last little guy Caleb Mac Cash, and to be able to be with him at the final third-day concert ever, and to pray with him and walk with him. And Barb, part of her bucket list was, I want to see a concert at Red Rocks before I die, and to be able to do that with her was so cool. It's like, man, that was such a great, great uh, highlight for us. Shortly after that, I'll never forget, gathering at my friend Jeff and Jamie Gwen's house, and Benji had met this little girl by the name of Grace and fallen in love with Grace, and he's like, man, I'm going to marry this girl, and one of the highlights is after having five kids for Barb and I, to see your little boy, who's no longer a little boy, but is a grown man, meet this little girl, Benjamin, son of my right hand, Grace, the redemptive love of Christ, the unmerited favor, we're going to marry, I was like. How cool for Jeff and Jamie to see their first child, Mary, and for us to see our son, Benji. It was a great night of celebration, and Benji was sporting the, I want to look like Indiana Jones hat or whatever. I was going to get one, but my kids tell me I don't look good in a hat, and I ask them what I look good in, and they've yet to answer me. So I still probably will get a hat. Another great celebration for us. I mean, you want to talk about miracles. Well, seeing Jesse graduate, I mean, if you know anything about our son Jesse, uh, we play around with Jesse, and Jesse has never allowed a class to stand in the way of a good joke or a good conversation, and, uh, but anyway, we were so happy. Jesse is like a magnetic personality, Jesse's got the greatest people skills of anyone you will meet, and uh, Patrick, you know that to be true. And to be able to go through this final year, 2018, and to see him reach that point of graduation, it's like, man, my my boy graduated. We got two more. And uh, that's going to be kind of cool to see how God leads. What were some of the highlights for you? What were some of the highlights for you? Seriously. What were some of the painful moments that you went through? Pain is a gift. It teaches us to persevere. I want this time to be purposeful for you. We do this as a family on New Year's Eve every year. We sit around and we talk about some of the highs and lows. We talk about some of the peaks and valleys. We talk about where we can't believe God met us and raised us up, and we can't believe some of the stupid things we did. We've got them in our story. All of us do this year. We've got some successes and failures in this room. Any of us that live life in an honest way, we've, we've won and... We've lost and we've had our lunch handed to us. Sorry if you're a Clemson fan. So, uh, but no, what are some of the highs and lows for you? And then what do you feel like, Rick? Come on. uh, What do you feel like God is calling you to press into in 2019? What's your vision? What are some of the things that you feel like God has kind of cemented in your heart? Let me give you a couple verses. Rick's going to share, Steve's going to share. Dustin, some of our team is going to share with you. There's a passage in Isaiah that I would call your attention to. Remember the things the Lord has done in the past. For I alone am God. I am God and there is no one like me. Remember the things the Lord has done in the past. I think it's great throughout the year to keep a journal, whatever you keep. But when you know the Lord does something, write it down, because a thought that is not placed immediately will probably be lost eventually, and we want to be able to capture. That was a cool God moment there. Write write it down. I love what the psalmist said when it comes to this whole thing of pondering and remembering. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. There's so many verses that talk about remembering and reflecting. We call them stones of remembrance. Some people would say, well, I thought Paul said this one thing he does, forgetting what lies behind. He did. But what he was saying is the things of the past that that were not necessarily things that he was proud of, he he was not going to forget them. He was just not going to be influenced by them to define the way he was going to do his future life. That's what the word means, Uh, forgetting, I'm not going to allow that influence in my life to define and dictate the way I do my future. I'm going to learn from it, it will develop me, but i got to move forward. I want to remember, so as you think about the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows this past year, capture some photos, but but even in the last week, I'm dealing with the the death of a 17-year-old that hung herself and then... On Thursday, we get a phone call, a couple that had been coming here, a 65-year-old guy was having some health issues, and they were trying to transport him, his wife and daughter. We're going to take him to the hospital, and he dies en route. And and so there's pain. Guys, I'm just telling you, reflect on all moments. Allow the Lord to redeem even those mistakes that you made for his glory and teach you something. Rick, it's been a great year. It's been a fun year. Share with our people, brother.
1: So my name is Rick. I'm the pastor of Student Ministries here. And uh, Tim asked me to share a little bit about the highs of this last year and what I'm looking forward to in the next year. Yeah, for 2018, uh, there's been quite a few times that Kara and I, when we catch a moment to breathe after the kids have gone to sleep, we'll say, man, a lot has happened (laughs) in the last year. Uh, The biggest thing for us that we're most acutely and aggressively thankful for is uh, our little baby, Nora. Uh, our most recent child, uh, she's a little miracle baby. We expected some real serious health complications. Uh, she spent a little bit of time in the NICU, but she's basically totally healthy. And this was an incredible shock to the doctors. We were very, very worried uh, for a little while, 2018. And so she's perfectly healthy. And so uh, we were in Lakeland uh, where Karen and I spent 12 years. Our families are there. And so over Christmas, this was our first Christmas with the little miracle baby, Her uh, nano and papa bought her a little Wonder Woman onesie with a cape on it. And so she's like that big. And uh, her grandpa's like flying her around the room and her facial expression doesn't change at all. Because that's like one of the things about little tiny babies is they never know what's going on, you know. Uh, Very, very joyful time. Um, Where I have a two-year-old who, uh, it's actually really fun, you know, for me to be the dad of a two-year-old. And uh, he is fortunate enough to attend Kids Cove, our preschool here, uh, which recently won the Best in Loganville Award. Well-deserved. I'm so thankful Ricky is being formed uh, under Rachel's leadership by the teachers that he has. Um, He's definitely learned a lot of songs that he sings all the time at home, which is fun. And uh, I feel like I've been rehearsing for this little reflection here uh, for the last week in Lakeland because when we would run into – Uh, old church friends or old friends at Southeastern, and they would say, how's it going at the church? My tone would go from like, oh man, the kids are doing this, and like kind of a fun, goofy mood, to honestly a stance of reverence for what the Lord has been doing at this church for years now, I continue to be amazed and filled with hope about what is going on, not just organizationally, but definitely within the hearts of individual people here. The relationships between us, uh, the culture of growth and reconciliation and reverence uh, is just, it's my favorite thing. And so uh, home is here because of that for us. And so we're, we're tremendously thankful for all that. I'm actually such a fan of the Cross Loganville and this church that uh, I received socks with Tim Cash's face all over them. Um, I'm not going to show you the underwear, just kidding. Um, you can delete that, Ashley, if you need to. But um, No, that was a white elephant gift at our staff party, but uh, tremendously thankful uh, for our staff here. What I'm looking forward to is more of what I've already mentioned. Um, we, uh, I've been interested in a long time about what Jesus means when he says, store treasure in heaven, not on earth, and because I think he does mean something specific by that, right? And so when he tells us not to store treasure on earth, he's not saying, because if you do, it's sin, although maybe it is, and it leads to all kinds of problems. What he says is, if you store your treasure on earth, it's going to get stolen, it's going to decay, the stock price will drop, or in our entertainment culture, we'll just get bored with it, right? But... Uh, So it's a a perfect recipe for just becoming miserable, on totally missing out on the abundant life. But if we live in a way where we're investing our hearts and our hopes in heaven, where God is all the time, our heart eventually begins to take the shape and the form of God's, right? And the abundant life happens for us. And so I'm thinking, what does this actually look like on a moment-to-moment level? Like, how does that go from the abstract to the totally concrete? And uh, I've been working on this for years, trying to figure out what it would really look like in day-to-day life. And I think it looks like doing the stuff we would do anyway, all the normal responsibilities, but for a different reason, right? And so when paying the bills, uh, the motive not being so I don't go to jail, right? But it being to increase our capacity for faith, hope, and love. So to increase my confidence in God as I'm doing this thing, increasing my hope in God to where God is the one hope I have. And so after that, everything else that I desire would come through him first, right? Desiring whatever else for his sake, resulting in an increased capacity to love neighbor as self, right? Mother Teresa says what we need to do is learn to love without getting tired. Uh, And parents can say amen, right? And uh, so I'm looking forward to this. I believe that as this happens... Uh, I get my own reward there, right? I mean, I get to enjoy God more as I do this, but by example, I believe if enough of us do that, the culture between us, the atmosphere we create, will simply be the most magnetic thing around, right? Because in a culture like that, where God is revered, we're filled with hope, we become famous for how we love people for Christ's sake, it will be an unstoppable force. So I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to growing with you all. Um,
2: Very thankful for you all. Thank you, Rick. Well, I'm here to tell you, I know how Jesse Cash graduated, but I'll never tell. I swore to Tim, I'd never tell. Now, I, uh, I want to reflect back over the last eight years on, on God's goodness and his provision for this church. About nine years ago, uh, the previous pastor resigned. Um, there, was, uh, there was a lot of betrayal, there was hurt. Uh, there was pain. A lot of people left, and uh, those that stayed, I think, were very skeptical about what the future looked like. Brandy, I see you shaking your head, dear. Uh, we know. Alan Opdyke, you know. Uh, several of us know. But uh, we started the process of, of, of transitioning and looking for a pastor. And I had been here just a few months, and uh, a mutual friend of mine in Tim's, I'd known Tim for about 10 years at that time mutual friend said, uh, I think Tim's praying hard about maybe pastoring a church for the first time. You ought to give him a call, and so I did, and uh, the rest is kind of history. I won't go through all that process, but, you know, I told Tim, I said, you know, look, here's the situation because of what happened. You know, the ministries are suffering, Uh, you know, financially we're hurting, um, and I'll never forget Tim saying, if he calls me, he'll cover me. And that made me think about Isaiah 58-11. I, I sent you and Barbara picture of that the other day. I saw it in Hobby Lobby. It says, uh, where God guides, he provides. And so Tim came, and uh, there, w- there was a lot to do. And, uh, and I thought about three things right off the bat that needed to take place. Oh, by the way, after he was been here about six months, he said, what in the world have you got me into? <laughs> um, but uh, but again, God has been so good. And uh, I thought about three things, and Tim and I talked, and uh, you know three things really had to take place once He came in here. Number one, there had to be transparency. Transparency had to be shown to our people. In ministry, financially, every decision we made, we had to be transparent about it. It was very important to do that. The second thing was the truth had to be taught. You know, it wasn't about the sizzle and worship being about it. Becky, I see you shaking your head. The worship wasn't about feeling like you were at a concert. You know, there had to be a worship atmosphere, and the truth had to be taught. And if any of you have been here a while, you know that Tim teaches the truth, and uh, he he, uh, he there's no compromise with him in that area. And then thirdly, trust had to be earned, you know. They say, kind of in the ministry world, that when a new pastor comes in, it takes a minimum of three years just to earn the trust of the people. And based on the situation that had taken place, um, the minimum was going to be three years probably. And so trust had to be earned. And it was because of that transparency and that truth being taught and uh, and turning this culture into a culture of discipleship he earned the trust of the people, and, and uh, we're very blessed to have you, my friend. Um, and so once those things took place, we got to a point where we could move forward. Tim started, you know, developing his team and getting people in the right place. And, uh, uh, and I can tell you, we have a phenomenal staff, you know, uh, here that's been assembled that he's done, but it's taken time to do that. And then once all those things happened, you know, then we could really start moving forward with ministry. We started partnering, partnering with other missionaries and, 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 you know, parachurch-type ministries. Um, you know, we, we built our kitchen. Uh, we built our food pantry. We have numerous people that come by every week that we provide food to. You know, we built our athletic field. Um, where now we have flag football for men and we have kids by the hundreds out here in the spring and fall playing football and uh, uh, t-ball and soccer. Uh, They're now playing basketball in our gym. So we've partnered with them and there's a lot of ministry taking place there. Uh, We built our children's building. Uh, There's just so many good things that has happened and it's because God's provision for us of being faithful and being truthful and being transparent. And, 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 And so that transition has been, some of it's been painful. But it's been really exciting to see how God's hand has been on this church. And I'm just super excited about what God has for the future. Dustin's fixing to talk to you about that. But uh, I just wanted to just give you a little, uh, little history for those of you that haven't been here about how God never took his hand off of this church.
3: Thank you, Steve. You had the opportunity to hear from Steve and from Rick, from Tim as well. And... As I look and as I think about the past year, as I think about where we're going in the future, as I think about those things, one of the verses that I've been living by, one of the things that we've been praying here is is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever even ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. And that's the thing, it's like the power that is in work within us. If you are a follower of Christ, then there is power at work inside of you. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a follower of him, you know what he desires to do in your life. That word, that power is the same word as dynamite, dunamis, the ability to be able to see something become incredibly explosive in your life. That's what God desires to do. God desires to use you in your walk with him. He desires to use your story. Our tagline here is your story matters. It is. It does. We believe that. Your story truly matters. And what excites me the most is this, that the ability to be able to see so many of you come alive and to be able to see what God has done over the last year of me even being able to get to know so many of you and be able to see what God can do. And the potential that is there to be able to see what God is going to continue to do in the future. That's what excites me. I'm grateful for this past year. Continue to grow closer with my wife, my family, and my friends. It's been awesome to be able to see what God has done just in those areas and those avenues. Some highlights. I went with Esposito and some guys to Mexico um, last February. What an incredible trip to be able to get to know some of our men here is one of the first times I got to really get away and, and to be able to spend you know uh, a week with, with 12 or 13 guys from here, to be able to get to know them, their stories, to be able to see and to be able to invest in my family, the, the time that I've been able to spend with my daughter, helping her with volleyball, uh, my two sons coaching their baseball teams and, and helping them. Man, what a highlight just to be able to take that time. People tell you all the time, you know, you, the, the, the years will pass, the years will fly by, and, and they do. Take time. Take time to be there with the ones that you love. Be able to see into a, and, and, and know all the things that we've accomplished around here over the last year. And it's not been us, it's been that power that is at work in us. And that's the thing we've got to keep in perspective. In your life, in your walk, in your journey with Christ giving God the opportunity to do what God desires to do in your life. Whether it's your first time here coming today or whether you've been here through all the trials and tribulations that that Steve kind of shared about. Where are you at in your journey? Where is God at? What credit do you give to him? Seeing all those things that have been accomplished, the many projects around here from the, the children's wing, the new building that we've, we've been able to, to get set up, all the renovations. Man, it's been incredible. Over the last year I've been here, I've been able to look and to see just all the different pieces of those things. I've been able to, to evaluate as well. And part of what I do here is look and, and, and I look at the things that, that are hard to look at sometimes. I look and to see the relationships that are being formed. There's some really, really good ones that are being formed. And then I also see the misses. Man, we have some incredible front doors. We have a Radical Hospitality team that's that's phenomenal at meeting people and introducing people. But we've got some back doors we've got to close as well. We've got some gaps. We have a discipleship culture. We have a relationship culture. But yet we also have some gaps there. We've got to continue to grow. We've got to continue to be developed in who we are and what we do. That mission here of being able to to do what God's called us to do, to connect your story with Christ and others, that's our mission. And if we're going to accomplish the the, the vision that we have over the next five years, we desire to reach, teach, train, and send 1,500 new disciples of Christ, 1,500 new disciples, new believers here at the cross. We want to see that happen. And the only way it's going to happen is it's going to involve you. You are a critical part of that mission. You are a critical part of that vision. You're a critical part. If your desire is just to come in here and to sit and to soak it all up, maybe this isn't the place for you. I'm not interested in being a part of a church who just gathers a large group of people so that they can just come in and sit and they can just soak it all up on a Sunday and then they go live their life however they want to and they come back the next Sunday and they sit and they soak it all up again that's not what we're about and if that's you I want to challenge you give God the opportunity to do something more allow him to squeeze you Allow him to use what he's putting inside of you each week to be able to use outside the doors and outside the walls of this place. Give him the opportunity to be able to use your life for what he desires to use it for. Allow him to use your story for his glory. It's great to come in here and to grow, but if this is the only growth that you're getting in your walk with Christ, you're missing it. Take that personal time. Write down what God is showing you. Do what God desires for you to do in your life. Give him the opportunity to be able to use you. And those are the things that I see and as I look, we've got some gaps that we're going to continue to fill. We're going to help you and we're going to continue to empower you to grow in your walk with him. What I'm the most excited about is the future. Over the last year, I've seen and I've noticed a couple of the gaps we've got. We do an incredible job with our children's ministry and a lot of things that we we have. But man, there's some opportunity for growth as well with our kids and what we do in our next gen and with our young adults. There's a couple of areas that I see that we've got to continue to grow in. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you as a, as, as, as a body. If you're one of our guests today, I'm going, I'm going to put it on pause for you and I want to talk to our our partners. We don't have members here. We have partners in ministry. If you're one of our partners, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to get involved. I want to challenge you to get involved with a small group, and I want to challenge you to get involved in investing in that next generation. Rick that was up here, talk to Rick. I want to challenge you to get involved in reaching and, and investing in that next generation. Give God the opportunity to be able to use you to invest in their lives. If not you, who? Who? If not you, then who? Well, I'm not qualified. Bull. God does not call the equipped. God equips the called. God calls you to step up and to serve. Step up and serve. As a partner, we challenge you. Don't just sit here and soak. You're wasting space. You're wasting space. If you're a partner here, get involved in a small group and get involved in investing in others if you're a guest here that may sound a little bit harsh sorry we're just real we take what God says here and we're interested in doing it that's what we want to see done because here's the challenge of why it's real we know the growth that happens in your own walk and in your own journey when you step up and you serve grow be discipled disciple others be a disciple maker in order to do some of the things that we see in the future we've been setting up praying through several things over the last year had a conversation with joe big joe that leads our children's ministry about eight months ago we sat down began to lay out what god was feeling and what he was what, what makes him come alive joe what makes you come alive And as we began to talk about that, we began to see that God may be transitioning his heart from the area of ministry where he's been ministering into a new area. So with that, it's it's exciting for me to announce a couple of things that we're going to be doing in the future here. Joe's going to be stepping down as of January 1st from Children's Ministry Director, and he's stepping into a new position that we're creating here for him as small group and recovery developer. Joe's going to be working with Steve to continue to develop small groups and continue to develop our recovery ministry here. Part of that conversation eight months ago was to develop and to to continue to invest on who would be stepping into his spot. Rachel does not only do a phenomenal job of emceeing the announcements, Rachel has also done an incredible job with our preschool. Rachel's actually going to be stepping in and becoming our new children's ministry director. She's going to be leading our preschool and leading our children's ministry. With that as well, we know that we've got to continue to grow and continue to develop what we're doing just across the board. Cassie, who's been working with our preschool here, she's going to continue to be the co-director with Rachel. She's going to continue to invest in those families and allow us to be able to do the things that God's calling us to do as we reach out into our, our community here. Rick, that you guys saw, is going to be stepping into a position of our next gen team leader. So what it's going to do is it's going to give us fluid ability to be able to reach families from birth through college and to make disciples from birth through college. Rick will still be over our middle school and high school, but he'll also be a team leader for everything that we're doing next generation. With that, we're also bringing Alex Neekirk, who's been an intern with us for the last four months. She's coming on, uh, almost full time as a uh, assistant for our next gen team. She'll be helping with everything that we're doing next gen as well. You can see by these moves we're beefing up in several different areas. One is what we're doing in children's and next gen and two is what we're doing with young adults with Joe taking the position that he is. Part of that development and investment in our leaders also has to do with Cara Bloomquist. Kara's coming on staff as well, part-time, and she'll become our volunteer development coordinator. Kara's going to continue to help us to be able to disciple our volunteers, help us continue to walk with and to encourage our volunteers. So with these things, man, I'm excited for what God is going to be doing here in the future. I'm thankful to remember the past, but man, it excites me to see what God is going to do here in the future. Once again, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever even ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. His power at work within us. What will you allow God to do in your life this year? Immeasurably more than we could ever even ask or imagine. Is
0: my prayer. Tim? Outstanding. Hey, guys, we take the assignment that God has given us to heart, and we want to be strategic and serious with what God has called us to do. When I started the Bible studies years ago in the back of a barbecue restaurant, and the Bible study started to grow, and it has some unique flavor personalities in it. John Smoltz, Jeff Foxworthy, I've seen a lot of David Pollock on TV over the last few days doing college football. Pollock was a part of that. Ernie Johnson, whatever. I remember I walked in one day, had a piece of paper laid out in front of every guy as they sat in their chair. And on that piece of paper was 2 Timothy 2.2, and it says, the things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them to faithful men who will also go out and entrust them to other faithful men. And I looked at the guys, like Dustin said, and it may sound harsh if you're sitting here for, as a visitor and going, right, what's the culture and flavor here? It may sound harsh to you to say, get in the game or this ain't going to work for you here. It's true. But I looked at those guys that day, Dustin, and I said, hey, guys, here's the deal. We've only got about 16, 18 chairs that sit around this table here. And if you're going to take up a chair, you're going to have to commit to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to commit to get involved in the game and go out and make a difference and start raising up other disciples. So here's the paperwork. If you want to stay a part of this study, great. If not, I understand there's a, a cost involved. But pray through it. Cunningham, we did that to those guys. And to a man, they filled out the paperwork and handed it back to me. Foxworthy started going down to the Atlanta Mission every week. He goes down to the Atlanta Mission. He stops at a Chick-fil-A, picks up about 100 biscuits. He goes down and feeds the guys biscuits. There's some guys now that go with him that provide coffee. Every week he's in there doing Bible study with the guys at the mission. John Smoltz goes over to the Alpharetta area. John starts a Christian school. Going to fade away from Mount Pisgah and Greater Atlanta Christian. I feel like God's calling me to start a Christian school. He started a Christian school to a man. Every one of those guys said, I'll get in the game. And so that's the challenge. I I, I promise you it's the challenge. And and I promise you that when I made this statement eight years ago, Alan, when I stood here with a church that was $70,000 behind on its mortgage and had about $6 million of debt on this property, and like Steve said, I felt like God said, if I call you to lead it, I'll cover you. And now we're about 4.8 million of debt because we've cut a million and two off the load. It took us about six months to get even with the mortgage. Now we're way ahead. We're building sports fields, buildings, whatever, to accommodate more ministry. I promise you that when I stood here eight years ago and said, I will not lead this church where I will not lead my family. We have never paid an interest payment on a credit card. We're not gonna walk this church into debt. I can promise you, we've kept our word. When we talked about establishing trust, being transparent, and preaching truth, we've kept our word. And I will not lead this body of believers where I will not lead my own family. So when my son Benji sits down with me after getting married saying we're upping our giving from 10% to 12% right out of the gate because we're gonna press into God deeper and for a 23-year-old guy to say that, And for him to stand and to see his life in the word, to see my son Jesse invite the world. Hey, come to church with me. I promise you the way we do things in our house with Barb and I, it's biblical. We're just trying to model what Jesus said. Dustin talked about the little girl Alex, 21 years old. She's coming on staff with us now. Barb and I were at Red Rock again, hanging out, and just had an incredible week together. And uh, this little girl, Alex, was with another little girl, Hartley, that was working at the ranch we were at. She's like, how did you get involved in doing what you did for so long in sports ministry? And we were under the trees having kind of like a cowboy steak dinner night. And I remember looking at her, and I was like, you really want to hear it? She goes, I really want to hear it. So we sat down with her, and her, Alex, and Hartley sat across the table, and we started sharing our journey of what God had done in our lives and how he led us in a variety of ways and how it was a step of faith after a step of faith. And I'm looking at this little girl, and I said, uh, do you want to come and intern with us and live with us for a while? And she just kind of looks at me. We'd never met her. And she looks at Barb later that evening, and she goes, when did you know God was putting it on your... Your, your heart to invite me. She goes, uh, I found out, Alex, at the same time you did when Tim said it to you. And I get back here, and Dustin goes, you didn't tell me we've got an intern coming. And I said, I didn't know it until God said invite her to come live with you. And now that, that value, that little girl, it's like, all right, but if you're going to be a part of this team, here's the way it happens. Tom, you and Lisa are serving now with the kids, reluctantly to go to church, kind of trying to figure it out. You're like, all right, man, we're going to get in there and start serving. That's a huge step for y'all in 2018. My buddy Merle, stand up, Merle. <laughs> Merle's one of my sidekicks in his fellowship. <laughs> Merle took 11 guys yesterday on a bike ride. Another guy in our church, he sit down now, Merle. <laughs> he took 11 guys down to uh, our buddy Earl LeGrand, opened a barbecue joint down in Mansfield or wherever it's at. Merle's like, we're going to take a ride down there and go eat with this guy. Merle's doing biker ministry stuff. I'll never forget about five years ago. Merle came up to me one Sunday, and he goes, hey, your neck looks like it's a little sore. And I said, yeah, it's always kind of sore. Yeah, I I went through deep tissue massage therapy school, if I could ever help you. I'm looking at Merle. He's got stinking three crosses tattooed on his neck. Uh, just the way Merle looked, I'm like, you look like you're a snake in Hell's Angel, biker, you wrestle bears in Cherokee on the weekend kind of guy. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Came up to me a few months later, a few months, I was like, all right, let's try it. Now he... Works on me about every two weeks. He works on Neil. He works on all these other people in our church. Dustin sent Merle over to work on one of his buddies the other day. I'm like, Merle, I've had deep tissue all over the place, and you're one of the best. Merle's got a table. He'll come and set it up. And one of the most kind-hearted. here's the point, here's the point, here's the point. Merle signed up to work with the kids, and he said, "Uh, I want to start serving in there with the kids. I was like, I'm proud of you, Merle. And, and we've got, all of us in here, Merle, come from different marinades. And Merle's become one of my closest buddies on the planet. Merle cares about people. Merle loves God. But I'm like, hey, Merle, if you're going to be a part of this fellowship, get involved. I'll, I'll, I'll get involved. In a variety of ways. And Dustin, that's what we're calling people to. I'll wrap it with this, and then we'll move into a time of offering. Over the last six months, we've taken our church... And there's a photo of the book. We took you through the 66 love letters. We encouraged you to read a book by Larry Crabb. 66 love letters. And what he really does is he breaks down Genesis through Revelation. And Steve, it was so powerful because as we sit here, Dustin, and say, we're a discipleship culture. We want to see you discipled. So for the last six months, it's been intentional to take you through the Bible. And we've taught, overview. From Genesis through Revelation. It's been phenomenal. If you missed it, all of the sermons are online. My buddy Ted Barrett, who's a major league umpire, did the World Series this year. He was the crew chief, which means he was the top dog umpire in the World Series. He started a ministry quite a few years back called Calling for Christ, and he brings all these minor league, major league, collegiate umpires together for a big retreat. Ted's calling the World Series, the longest game in World Series history, 18 innings that took place this year between the Red Sox and Dodgers. Ted was a home plate umpire, did all 18 innings. When the series was over, Ted called me. And then he sent me this lengthy text. I shared it with Steve. Ted goes, man, I've got about three more years. I want to move to Georgia and come on staff with you. I'm like, are you crazy, Ted? He does his retreat with all these umpires. No lie. Esposito, this was, this was the best. And he said, that teaching you did on Titus and Timothy, I did with our umpires. He said, I just took your notes and worked it out and shared it with them. I said, are you serious? And he said, all these major league and minor league umpires, yes. The Cross Loganville is having influence in the locker room with umpires. He's a disciple maker. The things you've heard from me in the presence of many other witnesses, take it to other. What are you doing? So as we move into 19, we're talking about pressing in. We're talking about getting in the game. We're talking about putting more skin in the game. And we're talking about, Spencer, wherever we're at, sharing our faith and living it out every day. If that's not part of your vision for 19, you need to get a checkup from the neck up and ask the Holy Spirit to rearrange some things in your your life. It's not tolerating sin. It's not pacifying any type of corruption anymore. It's dealing with it. Saying, all right, it's time to get in the game. Okay? It's time to get in the game. The game. The, The game. The game. So be a part, and let's press in.